Bonjour André. <laughs> Bonsoir. Well, which is it, jour or soir? Uh, right now it's soir. <laughs> so we thought we'd take a slightly lateral move today to talk about podcasting. Is that right? Podcasting, actually, one's podcast um, consumption, not production, of course, because we're not at all against producing con- podcasts. Well, it since, depends on who's producing. <laughs> since we're producing our own, uh, we can't be against it, but we're talking about podcasts. And I think the issue is that both of us have realized recently that um, we were over-consuming podcasts, or at least consuming ones that perhaps did not do to our mental state what we hoped they should be doing. Yes, that's one of several issues, uh, realizing that well, let's just, let's just start from the beginning, which is that you discovered podcasts before I did. I think you introduced them to me around 2015 or 16, and I almost instantly became addicted after getting over the weirdness of having someone else's voice inside my skull, which everyone seems to get over pretty quick. And then I remember maybe a year or two after that, you overheard me playing a podcast without earbuds, and you're like, how can you stand to listen to it at normal speed? So I learned the trick of going up to one and a half or even double speed with some of them to the point that I know many people are now can't stand to listen to normal speed, which has also had the effect on me that often when I listen to music, it seems too slow to me. (laughs) So I can see how this is yet another case where the technical capacity to do something is actually re-engineering my brain. Seems less pernicious than other ones, but I have to acknowledge it's happening again. So I found myself doing the mental calculus of how much time I'm saving. You would. (laughs) By listening to podcasts that double or or even some of them, I'm able to go at triple speed. And since I usually use a podcast program that allows allows you to clip out the silent spaces um, dynamically, it makes it even faster so that when I'm looking at it, sometimes it says my speed goes up to four times. That's insane. I know. I think on my app, I use Overcast. It actually will tell you how much time it has saved you by clipping yes, out the Yes, I know. Silence. The last time I checked, I was like over 700 hours. Which is just preposterous. So so mean, so that I've been using that, I don't know, I've had an account, I suppose, for several years now, at least since then, six, seven years and 700 hours. That means it's I'm saving, it says it's saving me, what? several working weeks per year of time but what i mean it's a preposterous statistic like what can it possibly mean that it has saved you well, 700 it, hours? It, it, it means that if i had been listening that that's just the clipping that's not that's not know, even that's doubling even the, the speed so that means that if it's saving me 700 hours well how much is it cutting out what what 10 percent? so that means how many hundreds of hours of podcasts have i listened to and that one i probably don't even really want to know no probably not no the point it didn't save you any amount of time it just enabled you to listen to other podcasts as well right to you, more of them you have listened to exactly as many podcasts as you have wanted to with the time given to you so right and, and but the, i think that, that's a great example of the dumb metrics that distort thinking yes because so it's not that um, I've saved that much time. It's that I've used that much time to listen to more and perhaps exactly. to be a lot less selective in my podcast listening than I would be otherwise. Oh, and uh, at the moment, I am 
uh, taking a, a podcast fast, a pod fast. You are if pod you fasting. I'm pod fasting <laughs> because I just realized I was waking up in the morning and looking at my cue and freaking out and thinking, I need to listen to all these things and keep up on them. And of course, and I, I keep track of an insane number of different subjects. I'm just looking at my list. I actually wrote down all of the podcasts that I deleted. And I'm looking at two entire pages here. There are, there are probably at least 40 podcasts, maybe 50 here, that I deleted. So that doesn't even count the ones that you're still listening to or that, you're not listening to? Well, I'm not listening to any right now, podcast. but there's a bunch of them I didn't delete because some, some of them I subscribe to, some of them I just keep there and look at occasionally. I don't really subscribe to them. So, so I have like different topics here. I had a ton of them on money and personal finance. So I'd, I must have had like 15 or 20 there and that I've listened through. And some of them I like. Um, I went through a kind of crypto phase trying to figure out what it was and the various aspects of it. So there's the Bitcoin people, the Ethereum people. The... Oh, yeah. We should probably just tell, tell our faithful listeners that I did finally manage to get enough Ether to buy the frigging NFT I was trying to get. And now I'm on the platform and I've done absolutely zero with it. So handy little update. Okay, please continue. Yeah. So personal finance and then uh, you know, the Bitcoin maximalists and then the Ethereum maximalists and the DeFi people and the various other crypto utopians. Um, that was a kind of fun little exploration that that uh, was entertaining for me. Until uh, it wasn't. Until it wasn't. Um, also uh, related to this podcast, I have a whole sphere of them dedicated to privacy and security. The best one, um, the one that I look forward to the most and still look forward to is um, the, uh, uh, the um, security uh, or surveillance report. Okay. Maybe at some point we can do an episode uh, reviewing other privacy summary summarizing a lot of the a lot of what's gone on in the week of security breaches and software news and all the kinds of things that you should really be terrified about uh, when you live your life on the computers. But they do. They're a couple of young guys. They're not yet jaded, and um, they're (laughs) like uh, we are. (laughs) They're uh, enthusiastic about what what it's possible now to do. on the net without being surveilled at every second. Uh, let's see what else do I got here. Um, uh, a few history podcasts um, because um, that is something I am interested in. Um, yeah, and then health, health, uh, various kinds of things related to exercise and health and food. Um, so uh, some some um, uh, like life hacking, like I've listened to the one by Derek Sivers, uh, for example. Um, uh, and um, Cal Newport, I listen to him. So you uh, definitely fall Tim heavy on occasionally. the professional, upwardly mobile, slightly affluent self-help genre. Definitely, I'm 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 already really really good, and I'm trying to get even better. <laughs> okay, well, tell us what brought on the podcast. Well, I just kind of felt overwhelmed. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't an actual panic attack, but it was something similar to that. I just had too many things, and I realized I was taking little breaks and trying to catch up on my podcast between things, um, and that was just bad. You know, I think it's uh, as I've reflected upon it and what my practice will be when I'm done with the podcast. I believe that I will um, have certain things or times of the day which I designate, like washing the dishes. I think washing the dishes is a perfectly appropriate time to be listening to a, a podcast. One can't really do many other things at the time. And it's not like it takes up my entire mental ener- my ent- entire mental capacity. Right. Um, although I, mean, I think don't, I think don't most people now like podcasts most for 
number one, commuting, number two, chores, and number three, exercising. This is something I've been trying to get my dad to get interested in podcasts, and he's like, I just can't stand to sit still and listen. I'm like, you don't sit still and listen. That's the whole point. You do it while you're doing other stuff. Der Großvater drückt die Internetseite aus. <laughs> that was when I was uh, studying German on Duolingo. One of the phrases was, the grandfather prints out the internet website. <laughs> <laughs> that made us both really laugh. Because yes. my father uh, does that. Yes. Okay. Anyway, uh, but I, but I, I suppose the maybe valid point that my, my old dad has is that when you do something, why not pay attention to it and be present to it? That is not our generation's way and even less the younger generation's way. It is true. Though with, with doing the dishes since... We live in a place that apparently does not do dishwashers unless they're your aged granny. We have to do our own dishes. So in that case, podcasting is a better use of time than being fully present with the dishes. Yeah. Although I have noticed, I usually, when I'm exercising, listen to a podcast or an audiobook. Um, though now I, I started to do a new exercise. Um, and since it requires more of my mental energy, I, I, I need to actually pause it at certain points because I need my full concentration. So it, it is it does take up a fair amount of your attention. And unless what you're otherwise doing is rather automatic, um, it's not something you can take in. But I think um, in general, uh, going forward after my podcast, I'm, I'm going to designate certain times or tasks with which I, with which I do it and, and kind of block it out of other areas so that I do have my mind to myself. And I'm not trying to just cram or chink the little cracks with little bits of podcast right or stuff your brain we're, you, we're both kind of like that we're both constantly stuffing our brains well, with or stuff. not or or just like i don't want to fill up the gaps of my schedule with a little look at twitter here right. or a little look at the news here you know that's really bad for your concentration so like podcasting was turning into a social media it was device. turning into not social media somebody just maybe turning into the audio equivalent of curious web surfing hmm. which right. i'm very susceptible to you are very susceptible do you have a deadline i mean how long are you gonna pod pass till you can tell internally your reset or did you give yourself a date uh um i think i'm gonna try to do it for a month and then start reintroducing okay and are you at no audio or are you doing audiobooks instead i've been doing audiobooks and i figure with an audiobook it's something that is not timely like there's no news on an audiobook for example there's nothing to do with well there could be but probably there not. could be they're not there it has to do with whatever's somebody's written it several years ago right. uh, and it is uh, evergreen as one says right <laughs> okay well as usually happens um the pattern of our entire marriage has been that you try something that I scoff at and somewhere between one week and eight years later, I catch up with you and realize that you were right. I, I'd like to say that the lead time has been closing the longer we've Yeah, been this is only together. like 10 days. Yeah, something like two weeks maybe because you started the new year, right? Yeah. Right. Yes. Not to, yeah, these are, these episodes are recorded long in advance of their publication, just so you know. Anyway, uh, yeah, so this morning I, I remember I came back from a walk and um, I was looking at my podcast list because I just finished listening to an audiobook, and I had, again, not quite a panic attack, but I could feel my heart start to palpitate and I felt the adrenaline start to flow. And I realized it was looking at what had slid into my feed. And I suddenly went, okay, 
it is also time for me to reassess. So we sat down and talked it over. And so here's what I, this is the conclusion I came to. So I don't, don't have so much of um, self-help, though I do have some, a few things related towards my, you know, professional and creative interests. But most of those are just fun. But I did have a handful of what I would call um, alternate source news, like not fringe news, but not network or mainstream either because I stopped trusting those a long time ago, but I also don't trust the fringe. So these seem like legitimate sort of people exiled from either the right or the left. I figure like if they've been rejected by both of the extremes of American polarization, they must be onto something. And they're trying to, and they go, kind of balance each go, other. They're trying to go it on their own. And, and... right. Right. And I, I kind of admire and respect that. And then related to that are a number of sort of like cultural critique, social, analysis type podcasts and this was i think because maybe two and a half to three years ago even before the pandemic i finally began to catch on to some of the major illnesses in our society um you know related to a certain high-ranking officer of governments but also poisoning academia at the other extreme and um cancellations and these uh, god i don't even want to go into it <laughs> so tired of it but i sort of realized like i needed to figure out what was going on well enough to be ready in case in case they came for me so to speak and to kind of understand what was going on so i spent i would say about two years like trying to get a better handle on what's happening and make some deliberate efforts to um strengthen my soul and build my courage in case i would be called upon to stand up for my convictions at any point. Um, and I say this not because like I'm, I'm some like crusader. I'm really not. I've tried to be an activist and utterly failed. It is just not my pers personality at all. But I realize that at some point you may be called upon and it's good to be ready regardless. So I've been doing that and I'm glad I did. But I think I just realized today it has expired. <laughs> like at this point, it was no longer building me up. It was... Um, just keeping me in a perpetual state of anxiety. And there's enough in life already to make me uh, cope for almost the first time in my life with some extended bouts of anxiety. Because um, I'm pretty, I've always been a pretty chipper person, but uh, it's been harder lately. Again, see the last two years. <laughs> That's certainly part of it. And some aspects of our life circumstances make it more challenging. Anyway, okay, I'm monologuing for a long time here, but I think the point is that I just realized it was no longer building me up. It was starting to drag me down. And so the conversation with you, Andre, was where does the line between responsibility and self-disabling lie? Well, <laughs> I think if it's a problem, then it's a problem. Right. Um, if you're thinking to yourself, this is a problem, on some part of your being, that's a sign to reevaluate uh, where whatever you're doing is doing. I mean, if you if you say end up saying to yourself, "Hmm, maybe I'm drinking a little too much," <laughs> for example, for example, one could say, "Well, maybe it's a problem then. Maybe yeah. it's not, but if it's coming to your mind, then there's something to it. Pay attention to that." Right. I think that's a good a good rubric, and better to notice it early on than when it is a catastrophic sort of problem in your life. So I've often reflected to you that what I see going on in our culture is partly compassion hacking. It is um, plugging into most ordinary nice people's desire to be kindly to others and, and to be responsible 
and to be responsible. We'll see. This is what I'm going to say. I think my version was more like responsibility hacking. Like I'm a uber responsible oldest child. I will always do the right and obligatory thing first before anything else of value. You know, like the, what's the quadrant about the urgent and important and the non-urgent and the non-important. Right. I will always do the urgent and important over the non-urgent and important, which is actually the most important is the non-urgent. Yeah, because it's never going to be done of its own accord. Nobody else is going to tell you to do it. Everybody else is going to be telling you to do stuff that's more urgent. And there is something about our current cultural situation, and not just the situation, the way it is constantly presented to us with the technologies which that we've engineered our attention around, everything seems urgent. Yeah, like even podcasts, constantly. which podcasts are like the least problematic, right? Maybe well, let me say that that's not necessarily the case. They're the least problematic in the sense that they are not trying to engineer your attention like Facebook is by giving you the rolling screen and its intermittent rewards, and um, a Google search is giving you precisely what you want or what will bring it the information that it wants to give you that will bring you in the direction towards its um, advertisers. It's not doing that for the most part. I mean, they can't even can't even do that. And that's a wonderful thing about podcasts. And in addition to that, podcasts tend to be long form. Most podcasts are what most of them are at least a half an hour. A lot of them are an hour. Some go three or four hours even. Um, the most popular, the most Joe, popular Rogan's Joe Rogan. He's like three, every time is three hours. He does it two or three times a week. It's amazing. Or hardcore history. I mean, he goes on for four hours right. uh, nonstop. Uh, those are great, and it's wonderful. Most of the podcasts I listen to are somewhere between, I suppose, twenty minutes and um, twenty minutes and an hour, or an hour and fifteen, maybe at the most. And and you can pack a fair amount into that. And if you listen to it at quadruple speed, <laughs> with all the silence, it only takes out. you fifteen minutes. So <laughs> you saved an hour. Well, I think this is one of the reasons why we both became so extremely fond of podcasts because it allowed us to absorb content like the live voice of other people that we knew was not exploitative or soundbite. And yet I, one of, I'm not going to name it, but one of the podcasts I deleted from my feed this morning, I realized it had a totally clickbaity title. And like, this is a podcast who you would think its core message is not to fall for clickbait. But they knew it so well. Yeah. They did it inadvertently. Perhaps. They were hoisted on their own petard or fell into the pit that they dug themselves or however you know those metaphors go so i mean even so podcasting is lex it, it genuinely is less the exploitative. dog came back to its vomit <laughs> there you go. and less exploitable and i think another thing we should say especially because of our interest in privacy it's the most difficult form of digital media to track unless you use it on spotify so um right beware Download Overcast, use that instead. Or use some other podcast app, because it just uses something, a very basic technology technology called RSS, uh, Real Simple Syndication, is what podcasts use. And it simply goes to the website, grabs the file, and downloads it, and downloads it. And the only information it gets is the IP address that that request came from, and and uh, when it was, and right. how long it took. So, like, on... Uh my other podcast i can see like what country it came from and what platform but actually the analytics are so unilluminating and i'm very happy about that now <laughs> which is why all the radio stations want you to download their app which you i advise you not to do no radio station should you down their app just download the podcast and then they can't get any any, any metrics on you any telemetry on you but right. if you have the radio app then they're monitoring everything like spotify monitors it monitors everything and, of course, for Spotify, one of the reasons they track is because of their payment 
to it's very piddly <laughs> but to creators yeah they want to so. know how much of something people listen to so they get a certain amount right. depending upon that anyway we can talk some other time about other ways to support artists and creators that doesn't just go to the aggregators and that um, doesn't and that doesn't add into the, that doesn't doesn't have you uh giving away things for free that right. you shouldn't give away for free so i think that was those were two really big positives for us about podcasts why we became such enthusiastic fans because you could do other stuff while listening and fill in those times that are less rewarding like washing the dishes um it helped me make a habit of long walks which is a health goal that i had and they more recently we discovered they don't track you and just the quality of information and discussion at least in the ones that we listen to are just so much higher than you get in a lot of other other formats yeah but i all right so but here's and, another and one more positive thing is that okay. i remember when i was a kid we i was a npr kid you know we grew up in the in a smaller town and uh all the radio was uh top 40 country music and npr so we were npr uh and so i have very fond memories not of the content but it was just always on uh, it was top 40 classical hits usually for the most part but um they... most people do not mean classical when they say top 40 <laughs> I, I mean i just say it wasn't uh, necessarily the largest swath of classical music um but uh, i have, do have fond memories of listening to a lot of talk radio when i was younger and i was a kid and um so that's another positive thing about it okay i grew up with the oldies so nonstop that i thought the four tops were an 80s band so listeners name your 60s song i can guarantee you i can sing the lyrics i mean like the top 40 of the 60s pop music charts okay so those yes i did not grow up with talk radio at all so i think discovering a podcast was my discovering spoken content pretty much for the first time in my life like non-video spoken contents okay but here's the flip side of that i am very reluctant to admit this because i have enjoyed both listening to and creating podcasts so much myself and it has also been a great balm for us during this period of massive social isolation but i think that you know that's the flip side right is right. the way okay when the pandemic was you know a couple months and people were like oh thank god for the internet and zoom we never could have gotten through this pandemic otherwise and i remember thinking immediately no it's exactly the opposite <laughs> it is the internet and zoom that enabled the lockdowns there's no way they would have happened without this horrible disembodied compromise that we've all accepted in lieu of real life for the past two years which includes other people's conversations right also is the fact that we've probably mentioned by now that we're living in yet again another country that is not the country either of us were born in or spent the better part of our childhood in uh and we are not native speakers of the local language here at all uh, you've gone a lot farther than i have i basically quit that's a topic for another time. But I have really begun to wonder to what extent listening to podcasts, especially where people talk, which is, I think, to each other, which I think is most of the ones I listen to, once again, has been a substitute for real life. So on the one hand, you can argue it has kept me sane because I have been able to listen to people talk. And actually, our sanity depends on conversation. This is right. not optional. But just like I mentioned, though, years ago in another country we lived in, I joined Facebook and it was at the time a real compensation for, again, not having friends or a strong grip on the local language. So I did get much better at that one. 
but it was also kind of enabling <laughs> and it, it pulled me in so far that I like finally had this realization that my life had just become plunder for Facebook. It wasn't a real life. So I, I've had to like wrestle with the extent to which listening to podcasts is both helping me survive the challenge of the isolation and the cultural and linguistic difference here and how much it's actually driving those things. Now, obviously there would be a pandemic and the isolation that went with it, regardless of my podcast listening, but I'm just in the interest, since we're trying to disentangle good from bad here and right uses of digital tech and wrong, it seems just only fair to bring that up. Yeah, I have, I've been thinking that, uh, I suppose, for maybe a year, a year and a half after the, especially after the pandemic, and it, there was a fairly long period where we just weren't interacting very much with anybody outside of ourselves um and and it was a balm it was a comfort to have these voices in my head because a podcast is incredibly intimate it's intimate in a way that um video often isn't uh, yeah way more i think uh, because especially if it's just people having a conversation it's like you're there having the conversation with them in fact i have this in my head the people who i listen to regularly they're my friends I know. And I'm sure it must be weird. People who are popular podcasters, the kind of mail they get must feel a lot more presumptuous presumptuous <laughs> than other kinds of producers of media because it really is uh, a, a, a very intimate um, relationship that you Well, and it's, again, it's, it's a technical novum, right? It was never possible to hear the, in, in, the conversation right in your head of two or more people that you aren't in the same room with. Yeah, so you and I have talked for a long time about our longing for a kind of uh, a kind of um, uh, salon. A salon or a, a cafe or some place where people got together and talked about interesting things. And I suppose what we've done uh, is produced half of that by listening to people whose dialogue uh, and production we find intellectually compelling. But of course, we can't participate in that unless we start talking with those people directly. But of course, we're not going to. We, um, uh, well, and most of the people we like already have a sufficient following that they can't possibly cope with the fan mail they get. Yeah, the um, presumptuous it, fan mail of right and of well, people and, who imagine that they're in a salon with somebody just because they listen to them in their earbuds. I know. It is a weird invitation you open up to yourself. Probably people are listening right now thinking like, gosh, I'd like to have dinner with Andre and Zaha. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a a weird thing. And of course, and another thing is like all the people we like to listen to all live in different places. So like we live this weirdly non-geographic life, even though we are so tied to our location right now because of being abroad and the pandemic. And it's like we're blockchain personalities. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. We live on the blockchain. That's just not right. Like so much of so much of our our other aspects of our conviction are oriented towards the good of bodiliness and embodiment and human yeah. togetherness. So So anyway, what whenever, are we saying here? Well, well when I, I I I am going to continue to listen very selectively to more selectively than in the past to, to podcasts. I think it's been a net positive for me. Mm -hmm. Um it has become started to become a net negative as it's taken me further away taken my time and my attention further away from what i think is my more proper vocation mm -hmm. distracting me from that uh also it's distracted me and us uh, from 
a more proper vacation vocation that we have of constructing a, a real community for ourselves. And I think um, challenges being what what uh, simply exist. Um, perhaps they're greater here, but they're they are great um, in many places to constructing a real um, circle of um, of intimates with one with which one can really and ex exchange ideas freely. Yeah. Yeah, and that would also solve some of the social and cultural problems that I've been trying to wrap my head around because there's no there's no fix really but the personal fix of human to human conversation and the struggle to understand. And I just don't think we can overstate how much understanding comes from being in the same room with another person. You know, bodily presence to one another is a huge part of understanding. I mean, I've even thought like I've I've been more diligent about reaching out to friends or people I've lost touch with reconnecting and you know again we don't live anywhere near each other so we talk on zoom but I was just thinking too like what does it mean when I only see people's face and shoulders like how does that distort my perception of their experience in the world when I only see the upper third <laughs> so I don't know we well, usually you just can't do things you can't run around and you can't play games you can't go anywhere you can't explore things together i mean yeah um there's a lot that's missing i think we're only i think the virtualization of communication or of information is highlighting what is missing or making us aware of all of the subterranean interactions that are going on that without which we feel bereft mm. um i think it's like it's a social or emotional equivalent of malnutrition malnutrition yeah that there's all kinds of little vitamins and micronutrients and and uh macronutrients that we're just getting in all the wrong proportion and all kinds of things missing that we really need when this packaged sociality is sold to us it's not unlike social media perhaps not as bad uh, but equally um uh equally a simulacrum of a better reality and didn't you tell me that all zoom traffic is routed through china not all of it but they can do that if they want okay so from a privacy consideration use as well. jitsi instead of zoom yeah we'll talk soon about more um software and online alternatives to the standard spyware that we get okay well i think the two takeaways one is we'd like to introduce two new terms slash concepts into the vocabulary which is pod fasting love that and social malnutrition which we just came up with now i think that's a really important concept to explore and the second is since we usually end these episodes with a takeaway i would say the takeaway for this one is not digital it's go find another human being that you can be in the same room or immediate proximity to that you can see from the crown of their head down to their toes they can be fully clothed. That's fine. But go talk to another person where each of you can see each other's complete embodied presence in the world. Just do that. It doesn't have to even be deep or meaningful. Just human, natural, embodied. Amen. What are you, some kind of religious fanatic? Fanatic all the way. <laughs>